Did you know some travel credit cards offer 10x points on your spending? Don't miss out on big rewards for your next trip. NerdWallet lets you compare smart travel credit cards side by side, curated by an expert team of finance nerds. What could future you do with better travel rewards? A free flight? A room upgrade? Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. In recent weeks, we've really focused on some ways that listeners can boost their income. Uh, So whether that's through starting your own side business and growing your network like Hala talked about, or when we talked with local realtor Alan about diving into investing in real estate, well... What better way to test the waters? While you are away, your home could also earn extra income. That's right. Your empty space could be an Airbnb while you're traveling, because that's all you need to become an Airbnb host. It's a lot easier than you think, and you don't need to Airbnb your entire house. You could just host your extra spare room. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Supercharge your work decks with AI-powered Canva presentations. All you do is start with a prompt. You describe your, your presentation in a few words, and Canva presentations will generate captivating slides that you can then customize in seconds. Canva presentations are designed for every workplace and every department. Whether you work in sales, marketing, HR, ops, and more, Canva presentations can generate any deck you want for work. Sales decks, marketing presentations, onboarding plans, you name it. Any department can save time on any presentation with AI. Generate slides in seconds with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. Upswell Marketing would like to remind you that when customers choose your small business, they're really choosing you. So focus on super serving your existing customers and let Upswell handle the pipeline generation of new leads and customers. Upswell specializes in developing customized direct response campaigns and is now offering a no obligation free assessment of your current marketing strategies. Not to mention new customers also receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. That's Upswell marketing.com. Welcome to How to Money. I'm Joel. And I'm Matt. And today we're discussing, is college worth it? Is college worth it? Man, that is a controversial question, wouldn't you say so? Yeah, I think in today's day and age, some people are like, college. For some folks, it's the end-all, be-all. It's necessary. How could you even think about not going to college? But then we've also seen what it's done to people yeah, with, it's with, almost, with mounting student loans and stuff like that. And it's become a burden on a lot of people's backs at the same time. Yeah, I feel like it's almost the sacred cow where it's like, don't you dare question college. Like You know that there's benefit to it. And that's the thing. We're not going to say that there isn't a benefit with going to college, right? But the question that we're going to try to answer is, is it actually worth it? Because there are some drawbacks when it comes to going to college. We're going to cover those. And we're going to mention some factors to consider when you are trying to decide whether or not to go to college, whether or not to pursue that higher degree. Yeah. And we know that our audience isn't all 15 and 16 year olds, Matt. So this episode is going to be applicable for people thinking about going back and getting uh, another degree. Yeah. That MBA. Yeah. Getting some higher education. Like, (laughs) well, is that meaningful? Will that actually help me? Or for parents of kids who are looking to steer their kids towards an intelligent decision. I think a lot of the stuff we're going to cover here is going to be good food for thought as you're having those discussions. Because that's one thing that a lot of parents have a lot of trouble doing is starting that conversation with their kid or or letting them down when it comes to, hey, actually, that's going to cost too much and it's going to be bad for you in the end. But hold up. We're going to talk more about that actually later on too. Yes. Yes. True. All right. So but before we get to that, Matt, I wanted you to see this thing I got in the mail for my Nissan Leaf. It was just this quick little mailer. And dude, it was kind of ridiculous. This ominous looking mailer that yeah, is trying... It's kind of silly looking. It, it's kind of silly looking. <laughs> and really, ultimately, what it's trying to do is it's trying to sell me an extended warranty for my car. And it says in this kind of legalese sort of type, this notice is to inform you that your 2014 Nissan Leaf is in need of vehicle protection in order to ensure its continued safe operation. It, it says our records indicate that you have not contacted us to have your auto warranty activated. By neglecting to activate your coverage today, you assume responsibility for paying repairs in full, out of pocket. Call now. It's it's just hype 
And it would be enough to scare a lot of people into calling the number, paying the money and getting some sort of who knows whether it's even a good car warranty. It could be some third party oh, trying to yeah, sell me something that's complete trash. Almost guaranteed to not be a good, <laughs> a good policy based on their marketing tactics. The way it's written, it almost makes it sound like that literally like the tires are going to fall off the right, car right. if you don't mail that thing back to them. Yeah. Safe operation of your vehicle <laughs> isn't going to happen if you don't call this number. It's like your brakes might give out if you don't send this back. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> and I know most of us are used to getting less and less stuff in the mail and something like that we most of us see that and we kind of know it's ridiculous but that's the kind of stuff that's that's the kind of over-the-top ways that people are trying to sell you things these days and in particular something that's completely unnecessary or potentially completely worthless and we haven't really talked about car warranties on the show before matt and it's something that we should cover at some point but for the most part in particular third-party car warranties are almost always worthless. Yeah, man. You know what it makes me think of as well is private mortgage life insurance. So if you've ever purchased a home right after you close on your home, no kidding, like a week later, you'll start receiving these mailers and they'll have the logo of your lender or the bank that you went with. And you think, oh, this looks like something I need to definitely look at. And they're basically trying to sell you life insurance and it's crappy life insurance. It is. Because yes. it, it's life insurance that's typically way overpriced and it's a policy that directly goes towards the lender. It, it actually, yes, exactly. It bypasses your family and it, <laughs> and it just takes care of the bank so that your family, I guess they can stay in the house because the home will be paid for at that point. Right. But typically, but, but it, it's terrible. <laughs> but basically you are paying money every single month to insure the lender, yeah. not yourself. <laughs> and it's, I mean, it's just absurd insurance, but you get all these official... Same thing though. It's this yeah, thing official where mailings, it's like right? final notice and it's totally that fear marketing where they're preying on you not knowing exactly what's going on and you think, oh, you know, maybe I can afford to pay a couple hundred bucks a month just so I don't have to worry about this thing anymore. Well, that's not something that we would at all recommend. So make sure that you're paying close attention to what's showing up in your mailbox. Yeah. When in doubt, throw it out. <laughs> <laughs> just put it in the trash or recycling. Is, right? that, a, is that a saying? Uh, Do other people say that? It is now. It okay. Is now. Yeah. I've heard of the, uh, the round filing cabinet, right? Like the trash can. Oh yeah. It's like yeah. classic uh, office talk. <laughs> Let me just file that in the, the round the what circular file. I think. There you go. Yeah. yeah circular yeah. file. Uh, ha, ha. Tells you how long it's been since I've been in a corporate environment. <laughs> <laughs> you don't make those jokes to yourself when you're working alone every I, day? Nope. Not at all. Yeah. <laughs> Kate's like, why is he giggling in there? Oh, he must've told himself another <laughs> funny joke. I think Matt's at the water cooler by himself. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Matt, let's mention the beer that we're having on the show today. The kind folks at St. Archer Brewing out of California have sent us a couple beers to have on the show. And this one is their Mexican lager. So I'm excited to try this one. This is most definitely a style that we've never had on the show before. Uh, most associated with beers like Corona, right? <laughs> right, yeah. But <laughs> there like are some the good classic. Mexican lagers out there, man. And if I oh, had yeah? to pick, have my, you had some good ones? If I had to, if I had to pick my favorite right off the top of my head, Negro Modelo. That is such a good Mexican lager. I'm a huge fan. But it's just not something. Got to be in the mood for it, though, right? Yeah, it's okay. yeah. But yeah, I'm excited to have a Mexican lager because it's not a style that we try often. And you know what? You and I, we've been getting more and more into lagers because that is true. They do have a completely different uh, feel on your palate. And we're usually drinking just incredibly hopped up or fruited up beers <laughs> <laughs> or bur bourbon barrel aged. I was like, they're drinking another hazy IPA. Oh, right. oh boy. <laughs> right. So, you know, we're dialing it back, uh, going a little more chill today with this beer. Variety. It's important. It's the spice of life. That's what they say. All right, Joel, you want to kick off the topic for this episode? Yeah. Onto the subject at hand, Matt, we're talking about is college worth it? The price of college has gotten steep and the return on investment isn't as clear cut as it was decades ago. So it does beg the question. I feel like we have to discuss this topic. Is college worth it? Is getting a degree from a traditional academic institution the best course for high school kids going forward? Well, I think there's a lot of nuance in the conversation, Matt, that needs to be had, like we touched on at the beginning of the show. And we'll touch on some of those important things that you need to consider before you decide to go back to school or as you have that conversation with your high schooler. Employers even see how bad it is, Matt. I just saw an article in the Wall Street Journal saying that in the last couple of years, basically the number of employers offering student loan assistance has doubled, essentially. They see the problem that's happening with their employees and it's affecting how they do their jobs even, having higher levels of student loan debt. And so employers are incentivizing their employees to pay down their student loans by contributing more to their retirement accounts if they will up the amount that they're paying towards their student loans. There are cool ways that employers are helping tackle this problem, but it is a problem, right? And if you just look at a simple inflation chart over the past 20 or 30 years, you'll 
you'll see so many things have gone down in price in our country. The price of groceries or the price of TVs, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Consumer goods have, have fallen off a cliff really in large part, but the, the, the cost of healthcare in particular and college have risen just immensely and it's almost become unaffordable for a lot of people. Yeah, man, it is insane. And let me tell you another insane number. The total outstanding student loan debt totals now over $1.6 trillion. Dude, just think of the staggering effect that this is having on our generation. Folks are possibly delaying marriage or you know, buying a home and even having kids. It's crazy to think of the financial sort of ramifications that it's having on just sort of our lifestyle. Yeah, it's had a massive cultural influence because right. yeah, the debt that people have taken on, it just basically prolongs adolescence and moving into adulthood is something that a lot of people want, right? They want to own their own home or they want to start a family or they want to get married, but they feel like because of the student loan debt that they're riddled with, they're unable to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Essentially, it makes it even more difficult to kind of move on to that next stage in life. And as bad as that situation is, let me tell you just like an even worse case scenario, which is that student loans without a degree to show for it, that can put you in a really difficult position of having loan payments without that increased income possibilities. So a quick word to the wise, make sure that you are working hard while you are in school and don't drop out. Yeah. Yeah. That is literally when you look at the biggest issues with student loans that people are having, the people that are most affected by increased student loan debt are the people that don't have a degree and don't have increased income to go along with that. But they do have the student loans. But they have the student loans still. So they're still typically stuck making a lower wage, uh, but they're also saddled with more monthly debt payments. So it's really tough. But let's get on to some good news, Matt. The, The stats also show that college is worth it for most people. A college degree will typically result in higher lifetime earnings. The median income of someone with a high school degree is only 45,000 bucks, while it's 78,000 for someone with a college degree. So even with these massive student loan debt payments, the discrepancy clearly means that a college degree is helpful in your lifetime earning power. And the more you earn, the more you can save and invest. So I think that's something really important to note is we're not going to be bashing college here. And I think ultimately we're going to come down somewhere in the middle. But it's really important to note that if you do complete a degree and it helps you find a better paying job, that going to college can be worthwhile for, for lots of folks. Yeah. And another reason we're not going to bash college is because you won't even have a shot at many jobs without getting a college degree. If you have hopes and dreams of a specific career, make sure that you know what sort of education that career requires, you know, if any, before taking expensive courses. That being said, even with the best planning, almost three out of four graduates, they work in a field completely unrelated to their degree. And so in this case, you'll need to decide for yourself if the, the sort of secondary benefits of higher education are still going to be worth it to you. You know, we'll get to some of those intangible you know, what we'd call like sort of bonus benefits a little later on in the show. Ultimately, once you know the career path you'd like to pursue, be sure and keep that end goal in mind. If you don't do well in school and you graduate at the bottom of your class, that can make it more difficult to get into grad school if that's your ultimate goal. And even if it just takes you a little bit longer to graduate, well, you're accruing more debt along the way while you're in college. And then you're delaying the benefits of having that degree at the same time. So if it takes you five or six or seven years, which is not uncommon these days to graduate from college, you're accruing more debt along the way. You're adding to your student loan debt burden. And at the same time, you're delaying the start of your career, which is the time where you're going to be able to start paying that debt off. So it's important to stay focused while you're in school, because the quicker you can get that degree, that's going to help get you on the road, uh, get you to that place of essentially starting a career. Well, that's going to make a huge difference because the longer you take, the less it makes sense to actually go to school. Yeah. And to prove that we're not hating on college completely, Joel, let me ask you a question. Do you regret going to college? I do not regret yeah. going to college. I'm Boom. so I'm so glad I did. Proof. <laughs> but I will say, I will say I might have a different spin if I had a hundred thousand dollars in student loans yeah, on my back. Exactly. And I was I, I was fortunate. I went to a private school for the first two years. Cha-ching. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> it wasn't a really great private school. Okay. <laughs> Pretty much anybody could get in there. But, you know, I racked up about $13,000 worth of student loan debt there. And I decided on purpose to come back to my home state because there was, in Georgia, we have the Hope Scholarship and other states have something similar. Yeah. You're out of state. Yeah. We talked, we talked about school. this before. Uh, Tennessee, New York, 
other states have these awesome benefits for for folks to get a college degree for free. And the Hope Scholarship still offered in the state of Georgia. I think it, it's changed a little bit since I went, but basically I could go to school for free. And uh, and so I came back and I decided that, you know what, $13,000 was all I was going to accrue and got the rest of my education for free. But I might feel different about my education if I had $100,000 in student loan debt or or, some, or anywhere close to that. Yeah. What, what about you? No, I don't regret it at all, man. Yeah, totally worth it. This is the kind of thing where maybe when I was younger, I would have said that, yeah, I didn't need to go to college. Like in your youth, you say things where you regret because you've gotten older and wiser. Teenage <laughs> angst. Yeah, well, not teenage, but I mean, in your 20s, you know, like early 20s, I was, I've mentioned this before. I think I was kind of brain damaged up until I turned <laughs> 23 years old. But even around 23 into 25, 26, I remember thinking, man, I didn't need to go to college. Like what I am doing now, I, I didn't go to school for necessarily. It was somewhat related, but it was along a very different path than what I had gone to school four. Like we said earlier, three out of four graduates are, you know, working in a field completely unrelated to the, you know, what they got their degree in. That's where I was. I was in my mid twenties. I was doing something that I felt I could have done potentially straight out of college, but with there being more time between then and now I've learned that there are a lot of additional benefits. A lot of things that I learned, a lot of things I gained through college, other than that specific bachelor's degree that I received. Yeah. You know, sometimes Matt, I feel like college acts as like one of those gates that you pull your car up to, you got to insert the ticket, you got to pay your money. The gate opens up and you're, you, you can take your car out of the parking garage. I feel like college is often something kind of similar. It's, it's not that you don't learn useful skills and it's not that you don't make useful connections. That's certainly true in college. I, I think I learned useful things, but at times it can feel like some of the things that I actually needed to learn though, to do my current job, I learned upon my internship. Like that was actually more of an education for me than my college classes at times. And so I think sometimes it can feel like it's just that gate. You have to pay the money in order to get through this hurdle so that you can apply for certain jobs that are otherwise off limits to you. So I think that's one aspect that needs to be mentioned in regards to college that, that sometimes it is like just this uh, barrier to entry. And if you don't have the degree, well, you're not going to get into that career that you're aspiring to. But really, Matt, the costs are at the heart of this. That is a huge part of it. This shows how to money. We talk about money and the costs associated with going to school are a huge thing that needs to be considered in this debate. Is college worth it? And we'll get to that right after the break. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. They are committed to high ethical standards and even had to pass a rigorous exam before they could become a CFP professional. They offer financial planning and services that take a more comprehensive view of your financial and personal circumstances and are customized for your needs. Certified financial planner professionals can offer advice on a wide range of issues like reviewing your investment portfolio's allocation, handling an inheritance, rolling over a company retirement plan, building education savings, and so much more. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. I'm guessing that a lot of listeners are starting to solidify their summer travel plans. We always like to get the families together, Matt, for a week yeah, at the we beach do. every single summer. We've already got that trip to St. Simon's on the calendar. Pumped for that. But sometimes those vacations get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? That's right. Why let it sit empty when it could be earning extra income? It's the financially smart thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you've got some extra space in your home, or maybe you have an entire house to host. Or maybe you're just going on vacation and your home is sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you have two options. You can let it just sit there empty, or you do some optimizing and make some money off it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. And now a word from the show sponsors at Betterment. Do you want your money to dream big? Do you want your money to be a total self-starter? Are you annoyed that your money doesn't work hard enough? Don't worry. Betterment is here to help. Betterment is the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Their automated technology is built to help maximize returns, meaning when you invest with Betterment, your money can auto-adjust as you get closer to your goal. Rebalance if your portfolio gets too far out of line and your dividends are automatically reinvested. That can increase the potential for compound returns. In other words, your money is breaking a sweat while you can be breaking bread. You'll never picture your money the same way again. 
Betterment, the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. Spring cleaning is kind of a, an annual rite of passage. We've all got to do it, minimize the junk that we have in our house. Emily and I, we just cleaned our closets out. It took hours, but it was so worth it. Now we've only got stuff in there that we love, and it's easier to find everything too. And so, you know, while cleaning your closets is helpful, well, there's something else you can do for your family this spring. Shopping for life insurance with Policy Genius, for example, is a really important part of your financial planning for the year. That's right. Yeah. And here is the thing that's important to remember, because you might be thinking you don't need to check out Policy Genius because you've got a policy through work. But even if you have a life insurance policy through your job, it may not offer you enough protection for your family's needs and it may not follow you if you leave your job. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Policy Genius works for you, not the insurance companies, and that means they don't have an incentive to recommend one insurer over another, so you can trust their guidance. Save time and money and provide your family with a financial safety net using Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. All right, Joel, we are back from the break and we're asking the question, is college worth it? And you tease to the cost of college. That is an important consideration. We're going to talk about the money now. Going to college doesn't mean that you have to graduate up to your eyeballs in debt. There are a lot of different options than taking on massive amounts of student loan. You can go to a community college for the first two years. You can scour the web uh, and apply for dozens of different scholarships. And, and even choosing a lower cost in-state option, uh, those can all be crucial in the college cost benefit analysis. And you know what? Don't forget about different grants that are out there as well. What you really need to do is just look at you know what your state has to offer. We talked about this a second ago, Joel. You mentioned how Georgia, how we've got the HOPE scholarship. Tennessee, they offer two years of college for free to all high school graduates right now. New York, they have a tuition-free program that is available to lots of people called the Excelsior Scholarship. There are a ton of different tactics that you can sort of employ in order to get the cost of college down. Joel, we're, we're planning a full episode on ways to do that, ways to minimize the cost of college uh, coming up in the next couple months. But just know that the first step that you can take to make college worth it is to actually get a deal, try yeah. to try to get the cost down. I completely agree. Yeah, I think if you're spending too much, like I said, like is my degree worth it? Well, it depends on the number I paid for it. And if the student loan debt on my back is $100,000, then no, my degree wasn't worth it. it. It wasn't worth that. But if the amount of debt on my back when I graduated was $13,000, then yeah, it was a, a slam dunk. It was a great deal. And so you mentioned cost benefit analysis. Matt, I think that is such a key thing to, to think about in this debate. It, and it's important to run the numbers. It's important to consider, okay, what are the costs and what are the benefits associated with with getting this degree? And I think that's just something that a lot of people, it, maybe it hasn't even entered their brain, hadn't even entered their radar to, to do one of those with their kids or for themselves when they're thinking about going back to school, because that can be make or break. That can be the yes or no. That can be the primary factor, right? The actual cost associated with it in making a wise decision. Yeah, it sounds a little heartless almost, right? To be like, all right, what's this going to be worth? You know, like how much am I putting in? How much am I getting? out it's like a mechanism almost for, because college for feels, wages college feels like hopes and dreams you know like <laughs> it's like i want to achieve this but even still you have to take this into account yeah exactly i think there's a balance between finding ways to monetize college right like you're actually looking at how much you're going to be able to make but like finding a balance between that along with like where do i really want to go to school like where have i had my dreams my hopes sort of set on you know like if you only are thinking about your hopes and dreams well, shoot, you could end up paying hundreds of thousands of dollars paying out the nose going to you know one of the Ivies or at the other end of the spectrum, if you're only looking at the dollars and cents. Well, that's not at all enjoyable. It kind of feels like, you know, like I said, kind of heartless. I think there's a, a balance that we can strike where we are being money conscious, but we're also really excited about the school that we have the opportunity to attend. Yeah, I completely agree. Uh, on top of being thoughtful about the, the actual specific university we go to, I think it's really important to talk about which degree we choose. All college degrees are not created equal. And Matt, when we had Christy Shen on, I believe that was episode 118. And Christy mentioned her her brilliant strategy for thinking about which degrees are worth it or not. And, and she called it a pot score or POT, you know, whichever you prefer, but it's like pay over tuition. Basically, she's creating like a, a score, like a ratio uh, in order to gauge the cost of going to school versus what that degree is going to end up paying. 
yeah, it's so important to actually be realistic about the potential salary you can earn based on the degree that you're getting. And also based on the amount of debt and the amount of time that it's going to take you to get that degree. And I think one of the most interesting things in that particular part of the conversation with Christy, she was saying that even like the jobs of doctors and lawyers, they don't really rank highly on the pot score because they cost so much and they take so much time to get those degrees that you're better suited going in other directions in order to kind of maximize your earning potential. That's not to say that like if you really want to be a lawyer, you can't do well, but it's just something to keep in mind. And you have to be even more conscious if you choose something like that about the the costs and about the debt that you're accruing along the way while you're getting one of those degrees. Yeah, you have to make sure that you're passionate about that, right? Because it's not all about the money. Because if you are only looking at the dollars and cents, well, that's where the plumber and the electrician, the master electrician pot score is you know better than that of a doctor. And so if your passion happens to be being an electrician, well, guess what? You're probably going to make a pretty good living. You're not going to have a ton of debt. So that's why a surprising number of trades actually score higher on the pot score than lawyers and doctors. Another thing to consider once you are actually in school is to make sure that you don't forget about the extracurriculars. The other things that you pursue while you're in college can make you stand out in an interview situation and can make your college experience incredibly worthwhile. Like my intense badminton skills. <laughs> totally paid off. <laughs> Worth it. <laughs> I, b- I brought that up in the interview and they were like, sold, you're hired right now. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, maybe it wasn't badminton, but if you were a president of a college association, well, that's going to make you stand out. You know, did you take electives that were beneficial to your career path? Or did you just take history of rock and roll, which is what I did? (laughs) (laughs) And you know what? You don't have to do that because there's podcasts for that now. You can listen to the history of rock and roll in free podcast form. Don't take the class. Exactly. And so... And so I enjoyed it, but and maybe... Oh, oh, it, oh, I thought this was just an example. You actually took this class? No, no, yeah. I actually took the history of rock and roll <laughs> <laughs> at Georgia. And, you know, I learned a lot. It was really interesting. And I think it's made me a more well-rounded person. But how much did that actually further my career? Or, you know, at least the career that I've been in in the past 10 years. Like, how has that helped that? Uh, maybe none. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm sure it helped out at Trivia Night, you know, here and there, just oh, knowing yeah. some of that rock and roll history. And this isn't to say don't take any fun classes at all while you're in school, but make sure that you're taking a balanced approach between, you know, what we'd call maybe personal enrichment <laughs> courses and courses that are going to be more career path options for you. Look beyond the bare minimum requirements, though, to get your degree, right? Like, you can't just show up, take the basic classes barely get your degree and expect to graduate from college and have a job just completely land in your lap. Yeah. Uh, it kind of goes back. It's, I mean, it's economics, essentially. Like more and more folks are taking out loans in order to go to school. And so there's this flood of college graduates in the job market. And that makes that degree that much less valuable to folks, which is why folks are pursuing even higher levels of education, right? Like higher degrees. But if you are making the most of your college experience with extracurriculars, with the classes that you're taking, maybe it's a minor, ways to make you stand out. Well, that's definitely going to be a way to make college worthwhile. Yeah, I agree. And another way to really make yourself stand out on the application front, but also help you as you're trying to figure out what you want to do while you're in school is to pick up relevant part-time work or do an internship over the summer in an industry that you want to be a part of. Not only does that experience give you a leg up when you're trying to land that first job, right? Uh, Seeing work experience is one of those crucial things that employers want. And so many people graduate from college without any because they never did an internship and never took part-time work in the field. But if you can do that, you've got a leg up on most of the people that you're applying against. But also, like I said, it allows you to get a feel for that industry before committing four complete years worth of tuition towards that degree. How much better would it be to realize that you don't really actually want to be an industrial engineer, right? After just your freshman year, because you did an internship that summer after versus at the end of four years of schooling. That is nice to know ahead of time. And I know, Matt, for me, that my internship, I I credit my internship with so much in where I'm at in my career. Literally, the place where I interned is the place I still work 13 years later. You're uh, a lifer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been there a long, long time now. <laughs> and the gold watch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and a lot of the skills, like I said, that I learned that, that were necessary, I learned in the internship. And if I had just graduated with a degree without that history with the company and without the skills I picked up during that internship, man, I would have been a flop in the job market. I really think. I mean, it, those, that was crucial for me. And it was completely unpaid. It's not like I made any money, but it was still like the most valuable thing I've ever done. Yeah, that's one thing I'll credit certain tech schools with. I went to UGA, and so I don't want to credit 
Georgia Tech with anything, <laughs> basically. Except for being bad at football. Exactly. <laughs> but they their internship programs like in, in at Georgia Tech and just the different technical schools like uh, like Clemson, I know. When you can go to school for a semester and then intern for a semester, uh, they've got that system where you kind of bounce back and forth. That is so stinking smart, man. I think that's just brilliant because for all the reasons you said, it just gives students an incredible wealth of knowledge and experience in the actual field before graduating and before kind of being thrown out into the wild, you know, expected to, to land yourself a job. But Joel, I need to admit, while you had an amazing internship experience, right, where you, you know, you got an internship and that landed you the job, you know, that you've been at for the more than the past 10 years, I didn't intern. And instead, I did fun things like work at summer camps up in the woods of North Carolina, because that was awesome at the time. And here's the thing, I don't regret that at all. Well, that's honestly, right? that's good stuff just for building yourself, right? As you're pouring into other people, you're, you're, you're yeah, that's that self enrichment that we we're kind of talking about earlier. Yeah, right? no, that stuff is honestly is, is just as good in so many ways on an, a resume as an internship. I'm saying it's probably a good idea to do both. Yeah, well, that, that's what I was going to say is that having that balance, I think is incredibly important. While yeah, there's a lot that I learned. There's a lot of self enrichment from, you know, being at this awesome, you know, boys outdoor summer camp. There's a lot that you learn, you know, if when it comes to leadership and just like life skills and like survival skills, being in the woods, like backpacking with these third graders, <laughs> but taking a more balanced approach. Cause I got to the end of my senior year and man, I didn't really have a plan. Whereas my roommate, he had interned the, I think the previous two summers, uh, both times in New York within the advertising industry. And guess what, man, he had a job lined up, ready to go. And I remember thinking, crap, I'm just going to go back up to North Carolina for another summer and have a blast. But after that, I've got no clue what I'm going to be doing. And so like so many things in life and like so many things we say on this podcast, I think taking a balanced approach to that is the most important thing to do. Uh, on that note, by the way, if you're looking for kind of some guidance, if you're not sure what it is that you want to do, if, if you're lacking a little bit of direction, I think it can be helpful to, to meet with professors to actually go to their office during office hours. How many students completely disregard that? They don't even think about going to see a professor to ask them questions. And sometimes you can get hooked up with so many different things. And, and that can be such an enriching experience, not only relationship building, but they have access to internships, jobs, so many different things on campus that could be beneficial to you in, in growing your resume and in growing your possible future career. So yeah, meeting with professors that you feel connected to that you feel like can be really helpful in, in that process. And also, don't forget to visit your college's career services department. And don't wait until your senior year. Be thinking about your future employment while you're in the process of getting your degree. And if your college has a career services department, that can be so helpful in, in helping you to assess potential possibilities. And Joel, so you just mentioned senior year. Now imagine you're kind of in that final semester. Uh, you're looking towards job opportunities, right? Be careful though of that first job that you take after graduation. Oftentimes, your most recent job experience right out of school, that can be defining and it can hurt job opportunities moving forward. More than 40% of graduates take a job that doesn't require a degree. And one in five of those are still in that boat 10 years later. You know, and maybe you love your job and so you don't have any plans to leave that job even if it didn't require a degree. But just be aware that a lot of times that first job that that can sort of set the course of your career. Yeah, man. And, and, and it's not even just in regards to pay. It's in regards to what you want to do. And so my first job out of school was for another radio station down the street that I worked at for a while. And to be honest, it was part-time and it wasn't for very much money. But I was like, this is what I want to do. And That's I, my field. Yeah, I have to get my foot in the door. do it. Within two weeks... The, the morning show radio producer had quit and I was this green like 21 year old kid and I was like I, I can do it I'll, I'll do it <laughs> <laughs> and I probably did a terrible job but I learned so much uh, and I still got paid very little but man it was like this perfect thing to have on my resume it was this perfect growth opportunity and I could have settled for something that made me more money in a field that I just didn't care about or that still used my degree but it wasn't what I wanted to do but that first step was so important and it doesn't take long, man. Sometimes you got to pay your dues and it's got to, and you might have to spend a year or two kind of working that morning show shift that sucks and completely ruins your, your sleep habits. <laughs> you might have to do something like that in order to kind of get where you want to go. And for, what, for me, it was totally worth it. What time did you have to get up for, uh, for that show? Oh gosh. So it was, the show was on from five to eight, but I had to, to be there at like three fifteen. So oh my yeah. gosh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I probably would have been fired because I would have rolled in at like four or five thinking I was there early, but it's like, no, man, no. Like, the show has started. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And you're fired. Yeah, <laughs> it's so early. 
And, you know, we mentioned advanced degrees, right? But here's the thing. They are even a bigger gamble. Pursuing an MBA, uh, getting your master's or a doctorate can be expensive. And often it doesn't result in that higher salary that you hoped it would. Obviously, you're likely to see that bump in salary if you're getting your MD or you know your JD going to law school. But for the rest of the advanced degrees out there, make sure and know that you'll be making more. If not, and you still want that degree, just accept the fact that you're going to get that degree for yourself. It might be worth it to you, right? But it's not going to be worth it from a dollars and cents standpoint. Yeah. And that is a difficult thing to weigh, right? If you know you're taking on a lot of student loan debt and you're going to have to be paying on that uh, for, for quite a long while, then how do you justify the value proposition if it's something you're doing for personal enrichment? And that is something that you kind of have to figure out for yourself. I mean, really, we're kind of talking more about the nuts and bolts of spending money to make money when it comes to college. But there are certainly some people who decide to go back and get a degree because it's really, really meaningful to them. And that I completely understand. But in that vein, Matt, I would also tell people to, to think about investing in themselves through some awesome free avenues out oh, there. Yeah. It doesn't always take going back and paying to get a forty dollars or $50,000 education. There are so many ways that if you're just doing it for personal enrichment, that you can get access to that information elsewhere and avoid the hefty price tag. Yeah, Joel, you may not have you know those letters by your name by taking courses online, uh, some courses online for free, but a lot of times you will have the you know those gained skills, like the increased skill set for free by taking classes online. I just made up my own letters and put them next to my name and people are like, oh, that guy must be smart. It works out really well. <laughs> <laughs> How to Money Joel, ABC. <laughs> it's like, well, those are the first three letters I thought of. Hey, X, Y, <laughs> F, you know, I'm down. Something I am excited that we're going to discuss too is whether or not a degree is necessary for entrepreneurship. And we're going to get to that right after the break. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. They are committed to high ethical standards and even had to pass a rigorous exam before they could become a CFP professional. They offer financial planning and services that take a more comprehensive view of your financial and personal circumstances and are customized for your needs. Certified financial planner professionals can offer advice on a wide range of issues like reviewing your investment portfolio's allocation, handling an inheritance, rolling over a company retirement plan, building education savings, and so much more. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. I'm guessing that a lot of listeners are starting to solidify their summer travel plans. We always like to get the families together, Matt, for a week yeah, at the we beach do. every single summer. We've already got that trip to St. Simon's on the calendar. Pumped for that. But sometimes those vacations get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? That's right. Why let it sit empty when it could be earning extra income? It's the financially smart thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you've got some extra space in your home, or maybe you have an entire house to host. Or maybe you're just going on vacation and your home is sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you have two options. You can let it just sit there empty, or you do some optimizing and make some money off it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. If you're listening to this podcast right now and you're a small business owner, listen up. Upswell Marketing would like to remind you that when customers choose your small business, they're actually choosing you. So focus on super serving your existing customers and let Upswell handle the pipeline generation of new leads and customers. They do everything from hyper-targeting best fit prospects through campaign optimization. Upswell Marketing's unique approach includes direct mail, search engine marketing, and social media ads, and has fueled more than 10,000 small business success stories. Upswell specializes in developing customized direct response campaigns and is now offering a no-obligation free assessment of your current marketing strategies. Not to mention, new customers also receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. That's upswellmarketing.com. Let's say you've been listening to the podcast and now you're finally ready to start implementing some of the uh, the financial morsels that we're dishing up. Maybe you are trying to save up some more money for a down payment on a house, or maybe there's a big vacation that you have been dying to take. Well, the Money app 
Monarch. They make it so easy to help you to reach your financial goals. That's why the Wall Street Journal, they named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, collaborate with your partner even. And now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney. And you won't get spammed either. Monarch features ad-free privacy you can trust. They will never sell your data to third parties or show you ads. That's right, man. And after trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. It just makes sense. It works. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash howtomoney. For your extended 30-day free trial, go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney for an extended 30-day free trial. All right, Matt, we're back and we're going to talk about entrepreneurship here in just a second. Do folks that want to be entrepreneurs need a degree? That's a really good question. But first, Matt, let's talk about the intangible benefits of college. I think it's something that we know deep down in our head that the college experience wasn't all about the degree. It was about the friendships we made. It was about all these other intangible things that are kind of hard to put your finger on, especially when we're talking about a cost benefit analysis, right? These benefits that it's it's really hard to put on paper, it's really hard to assign a dollar amount a value with are are still beneficial, are still really important in your college experience, right? So so one is the connections that you end up making. The friends and the network that you make while you're in school, well, they're not only fun, you're not only creating lifelong friendships from your college experience, but those connections can have employment ramifications immediately after school and then further down the road in life. And I, in my mind, Matt, I feel like that's the number one intangible of college. As you grow your friend group in school, you're also kind of creating your first network really of folks that you might reach out to later on or that might reach out to you. It's funny, I work with a couple of people that I went to college with actually at the station that were getting the, a degree at the same time I was. These are friendships that kind of stick with you. They're people that you, you're going to see throughout your career as you uh, work in the same field. And those are just meaningful, important relationships that are forming. And if you don't go to college, you don't get that. Yeah. And you know that that's one of the things that colleges often tout, right? Like they're always talking about the alumni network. I'm constantly getting things from Georgia, basically trying to get everyone to stay connected. And it's so true, right? Like even from an entrepreneur standpoint, not a job opportunity, but as a business owner, man, so many of the initial jobs that we received were because of the friendships that we had made, right? Uh, these connections. And so it doesn't just apply to you know the corporate world where you're looking you know, for someone to make an introduction to their boss you know, for a position that's opening up. But it also applies to you if you're going to hang your own shingle. They might actually hire you because of those relationships. And that obviously is incredibly valuable. Yeah. Another kind of intangible benefit of going to college is the secondary skills that you learn. College can teach you interpersonal skills. It can teach you work ethic and it can teach you how to wake up early. I don't know about you, Matt, those 8 a.m. classes, they were a pain. Were they prepping you for that 4 a.m. wake up call? (laughs) uh, They they didn't quite prep me for that. It took a lot of just inner strength really to to get me through that. But But seriously, what time were you going to bed in order to get up at three in the morning? Oh man, it was terrible. I would try to go go to bed at 10 uh, and, oh and wake up at, at uh, like 2.45. But that's still like five hours of oh, sleep. It's terrible. I would have tops. to take a nap every day, a couple hour nap every afternoon. Oh it was just the worst schedule for your health, man. It's it's not healthy. I felt like a zombie most of the time. But, <laughs> but those secondary skills, man, I feel like those uh, expand your horizons and they can help teach you how to learn, which is such a crucial skill for future growth. We do learn how to learn as kids and teenagers, but it's a lot different when you're without your parents, without your high school teachers who are getting after you to study and do well. When you're in college, you're in a 100-person lecture hall. You quickly learn whether your motivations have been internalized or whether they're purely external. And so I think, Matt, you're kind of putting yourself to the test in college in this way. And not that you might not be doing the same thing if you skip college and you go straight into kind of a 40-hour work week. But there's this element where you are able to develop these these secondary skills as you're going to school, not just the the primary reason you're going of, of, of learning, of getting a degree, but it's those secondary things. Things that, that are kind of growing you as a person at the same time. And let's not forget to mention that college, it's fun, right? <laughs> like fun is a terrible reason to take on just a boatload of debt. But that college experience, man, those college years are so memorable, right? But something to consider though is like a gap year spent traveling and working abroad. That could give you something really similar or maybe even better. But Matt, I completely resonate with this note. College was so much fun. 
I feel like I was go- always going out on the weekend with some friends to go for a hike or play some really, really crappy golf course or play some disc golf. Or just the ridiculous stuff that you do, you know, between classes. You right. know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, completely. Like I'm looking back now and I think, man, life was so easy back then. Like once you get into the real world and you have responsibilities and a job where you're waking up at 2.45 in the morning to go to work, you think, man... I was such a wuss for thinking an 8 a.m. class was early right? because that's the boat I was in, man. I didn't sign up for any 8 a.m. classes after my freshman year because I had such a difficult, such a hard time getting to them. <laughs> I was so spoiled. But a lot of that has to do with the, the, the fun experiences that you do have. And so I don't want to discount those countless hours of, of having a blast. All right. Best example for me of having fun in college with my, with my friends was one time it snowed on campus. My buddy Travis had a pair of skis. So what we did was we had a 50-foot electrical cord. We slammed one end in the back of my trunk. We held the other end, put the skis on, and we drove my old school Toyota Camry uh, on the roads around campus. And we did skiing at like 15, 20 miles an hour. And it was it was so much fun. It's that kind of stuff that like only happens in college. That kind of like ridiculous, stupid creativity. You know? Oh, yeah. Man, I would uh, have been right there with you if I was uh, at the same school as you. And I've got a similar story, actually. I think it's maybe unfortunate that both of our memorable stories have to do with an automobile mixed with something that should not be associated with an automobile. Do we need to like <laughs> insert a disclaimer here? Yeah. I used to do this thing, again, going back to the early classes, I would sleep right up until like a couple minutes before my class would start. And I lived really close to campus and I lived uphill from campus. And so what I could do is literally roll out of bed, throw on a shirt, grab my bag, stumble outside half asleep get on my bike and start pedaling in the direction that I know I needed to go. (laughs) (laughs) But what I learned was that my roommate, he was also going to class at the same time, but he had to drive because he had a a, a class, you know, on the complete other side of campus. It just worked out better for him. And we got into the habit of doing this thing where I would ask him for what I would call a tow and he would roll down the passenger side window on his car and I would grab onto the side of his car and he would take off and we would go zooming down the hill and we would hit, you know, close 30 miles per hour. And that momentum would pretty much take me all the way to the student learning center without having to pedal. So <laughs> that'll also wake you up really quick, right? Yes. Yeah, so get the <laughs> adrenaline flowing. I would show up at class, you know, with that one blown look. It was great. Now that we're in our mid thirties, we're, we're so much wiser. We would never do something stupid oh like gosh. that, right? Or would we? Man, back then I, I wasn't even wearing a helmet either. Like oh that, that's another thing that was so <laughs> dumb. Yeah. yeah. Man, that's the thing when you're in your like late teens, early twenties, like you just make a lot of stupid decisions. And, and those were a couple of ours, but you know what? Good memories. Glad we made it through. Yeah, yeah. All right, Matt, let's talk about when college doesn't make sense. I think it barely made sense for us based on the stories that we just told. <laughs> right, right. But I think it, it, it must be said, if you're Bill Gates or you're Steve Jobs, then college doesn't make sense for you. For sure, right? Just keep tinkering in your parents' garage, whatever it is. But for real, most people aren't going to be Bill Gates or Steve Jobs. You're not going to start the next behemoth tech company. But there are some reasons to bypass a college degree. And let's talk about those now, Matt. One is if you really want to pursue entrepreneurship. In particular, I think it makes a whole lot of sense if you take a gap year and you give yourself a little bit of an opportunity to see where that year takes you before you decide to enroll in higher education. So if you're taking that year after school and you're using it as an ability to kind of let your creative mind flow and give yourself an opportunity to start something, I think that can be a really interesting way to at least see whether entrepreneurship is a better idea for you than going to school. I completely agree and resonate with that, right? Like we are so oftentimes so booked that we don't have the time to be creative and to like sort of allow our minds to wander where we can pursue something that we're really excited about. You know, you you just mentioned Steve Jobs and, and Bill Gates. They didn't know that they were going to create these massive companies, right? But what they did know though, is that they loved electronics and computers and that became their focus. When you have such a clear vision of what it is that you want to do, it may not be necessary to spend the time and money in undergrad exploring your options and learning something that you might already know how to do. Those guys are outliers. But for every Steve Jobs, there might be thousands of folks who know that they want to, say, get into real estate. You know, you don't have to be really smart. You don't have to be a genius to to get into real estate. Hey, Take it from true non-geniuses you who are and me. <laughs> in real estate, dabble in real estate. And for every Mark Zuckerberg out there, there are going to be countless folks who already know how to take amazing photos, or they know how to sell a cool, innovative product, or they know how to build great websites, right? And you can do all of those things without a degree. So I, I guess what we're sort of getting at here is that like, you don't necessarily need to have a degree 
in order to be an entrepreneur. You don't need a degree if you already have focus. Yeah, man, I completely agree. I, I think, you know, it'd be interesting to bring our friend Grant Sabatier back on the show. We had him on quite a while back and he wrote a great book called Financial Freedom. But I've heard him tell the story about starting to make websites for a law firm, I believe it was. And he just, he made one and they liked it and they paid him like way too much money to make a second one. And so he just kind of was like, oh wait, this is a really good place for me to be. This is a good space for me to be in, just making websites for people. He kind of learned it on the fly and decided to... And after doing one, he started to develop the knack for doing it well. And it's just kind of one of those things where if you do allow that time, if you do give yourself an opportunity, if you search for that opportunity, entrepreneurship, uh, that word has kind of taken on a lot of baggage, I think, over time. Really being an entrepreneur is being a go-getter and trying things out and seeing what sticks. And so, yeah, for Grant, he tried something out and it stuck and it ended up doing well for him for a long time. And I think if you're willing to at least give it a shot, then someone who truly desires to take that entrepreneur route, well, they might be better served uh, by not getting a college degree. Also, let's say you have a different kind of smarts and skills. If you prefer to work with your hands, a trade school or apprenticeship might be best for you. You can grow a whole lot in your job in those four years that your peers are in school. So instead of subscribing to that idea that you have to go to college, look at the type of work that you enjoy. Heck, you might be like a master plumber or a master electrician by your mid-20s and have zero debt hanging over your head, making a really good living in the exact sort of profession that interests you. It's just all about kind of like what you're into. We're all created differently. We all have different things that we're... Like, I'm ter- like I could not be an electrician, Matt. If I went over to do this, like I would not take this advice for myself because it's just not something I'm skilled at. I'm not really good with my hands. I'm a little better with my mouth. Like, that's just kind of... <laughs> I don't know. That's what I was gifted with, right? So... I'm going to use what... That's uh, the radio path. Yeah, there we go. So that's like the that's that's what I'm going to use. But I think it is important to, to assess your own smarts, your own skills. Like, what are you good at? And kind of let that determine the path that you take. Because for a lot of folks, college makes the most sense. But for, for a lot of other folks, it doesn't. And one other time that a college degree may not make sense for you is if your degree costs too much money. If you're going to be graduating with more debt than you can handle, you should reconsider. Student loan debt can haunt you. You can't get rid of it, even in bankruptcy. So make sure that you are proceeding with caution. And a good rule of thumb to consider is to not take out a debt load that is going to be higher than your expected first year salary. And make sure that you're being realistic as well, right? Like don't set yourself up for failure by you know, envisioning the most optimal high salary that's sort of out there. And so for instance, like a journalism major, they make about $38,000 on average. So make sure that you're not taking out more than $38,000 for that journalism degree in undergrad. Yeah, Matt, I, no matter how fun those four years are, and no matter how fulfilling the work is, when you get out of school and you start your career, well, if you have a job that's going to pay you around $38,000 and your salary is probably going to rise at the rate of inflation. Well, if you have $95,000 in student loan debt, it's going to be such an albatross around your neck that it's going to put a, a stain, a blight on those years that you were in school and on the actual day-to-day of, of what you're doing. And so I think that's why that's such an important rule of thumb for people to, to really heed, to really pay attention to. Don't take out a debt load that is higher than your expected first-year salary. That's going to keep you in that range where you can actually afford the payments on that student loan debt. And it's not going to have an insanely negative impact on your quality of life. Yeah, and this next point is going to go out to all the parents out there, or maybe all the soon-to-be parents. But start having the conversation about you know, the burden that student loans can create so that your kid can make an informed decision. Don't saddle them with the expectation of going to college, especially without preparing them financially, or at least you know, giving them the, the, the financial knowledge to know how to approach student loans and to look at them you know, in a reasonable way. Just think about like when your kid turns 16 and they're, you know, they're looking at cars. Well, if you ask them maybe what car that they want, they're going to say some amazing car that might cost a lot of money. That goes really fast that you know is going to be a terrible idea for a 16-year-old. <laughs> Granted, th- this is a, maybe a bad analogy, right? Because a, a car is not the same thing as a college education. A college education, you are investing in yourself, whereas a car just depreciates. But that being said, we label college and higher education as this sort of golden thing that it doesn't really matter. Like you can forget the cost. It, you know, the cost don't matter. You're investing in yourself. This sets you for the rest of your life. So what we are saying, though, is that it is important to consider the costs. We need to be reasonable with how we're taking on student loans and the financial implications that they have on our futures. Yeah, man. I think one thing I would say to the parents in kind of the conversations with their kids surrounding college and future and stuff like that, 
If I'm creating a recipe, I would say three quarters of a cup of hopes and dreams and one quarter of a cup of <laughs> let's be real about the cost. <laughs> if you can kind of put that in and, and mix it in a bowl, that's going to be your best recipe for, for educating your kid and also inspiring them at the same time, helping them to see that they can achieve something great, that the job that they truly aspire to is, is within their grasp, but that there are also just really smart ways to go about it where they're not completely mortgaging their future in order to do that. Uh, but so yeah, I would say three quarters of the hopes and dreams, one quarter of the dose of reality when it comes to the cost of school and talking about the cost benefit analysis of, of what this education is going to mean. In my mind, that's kind of a good way to, to think about your conversations going forward. Nice, man. I like your, uh, your little recipe there. Uh, I'm like okay. the Paula Deen of talking about college costs. <laughs> All right, let's take it back to the beer. We had Mexican lager, which is a beer by St. Archer out in California. What were your thoughts on the beer, Matt? Yeah, well, I've never challenged myself to sort of dissect what a sort of Mexican style lager tastes like, right? So this is certainly the most thought that I think I've ever given to a beer in the style. But that being said, because it's a lager, it kind of does have that sort of rice um, aroma. Kind of got like a, a fresh pot of rice going on. It just has a certain smell to it. I didn't I grow up in your house, dude. I love rice. This brings Personally, you back to your childhood, I guess. Then. <laughs> it really does. But it's like this rice aroma and it kind of has this dry weediness. And there's also like this dry bitterness as well that kind of reminds me of uh, like a rubbery bouncy ball. You know, like when you're a kid <laughs> and you go to the mall and you kind of have those multicolored uh, bouncy balls where it fades from sort of pink to blue and they bounce super high. Oh, yeah. I get in trouble you know, in the aisles playing with those things okay. all the time. <laughs> What's the deal? You drop it once and it bounces straight up, but then the second bounce always shoots it like forward. Yes. And then it bounces straight up again and then it shoots forward again. It's something like that. They just seem to go like all every which way. I can never figure out how it did that. I think it was something with a spin, but it always fascinated me. Anyway, but you know the way that those balls smelled? That's what Mexican lagers sort of remind me of. You know what I'm talking about? Um, Maybe. Oh, no. well, no, I don't. Really? No, true. Like oh, I, I thought finally I was going to break through and you're going to agree with me on uh, this uh, sort of weird tasting palette. No, man, you have you have a, a palette that is completely unique. And I appreciate that about you. I, I did not get that. But but maybe it's honestly it could be that my tongue is completely unrefined. I don't think it's refinement. I think I just put everything from my childhood in my mouth. So I know <laughs> <laughs> I know what things tasted like as a kid. Well, that's good to know. How about you? So, all right. Well, I, first off, I'm not completely sure what the difference is between an, a Mexican lager and an American lager. I actually looked it up and it, everybody kind of has their own take on what the difference is. And, and it doesn't seem that there's much consistency in it. But I thought this was a, a pretty tasty little lager. It, it was dry. It was clean. It, it tasted like the air south of the border. It, um, it really was, man. It was, it was really nice. I enjoyed it. Like we mentioned at the beginning of the show, that lagers are something that we're drinking a little bit more of because we are drinking so many big, bold, just kind of crazy beers, which I love. I don't often get tired of them, but, but every once in a while, like my neighbor brought me a farmhouse lager the other day and it was just, mm. it hit the spot, man. It was so good because it was, it just gave my mouth kind of like a break, <laughs> you know, it was, it was this yeah, really nice little palate cleanser. Yeah. There are these little notes in there that I can really appreciate without it being over the top and just like putting my tongue into like some like stranglehold, you know, but uh, yeah, so it, this was fun. Taste this tongue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A nice <laughs> break from the ordinary. Uh, so yeah, thanks to the folks at St. Archer for sending this beer away. All right, Joel, let's go ahead and share some final thoughts. And sort of in summary, if you do decide to go to college, just make sure that you are doing everything you can to lessen your eventual debt load, while at the same time, maximizing the impact that higher education will have on your career. At times, it might be tough to kind of find and strike that balance. But I think if you can sort of enter college and complete college with that in the forefront of your mind, you're going to be in a much, much better place financially. Yeah, Matt, I think if we're asking the question, is college worth it? Well, the answer is actually in every individual's hands, really, because the price point, the earning potential and the experience is going to be different for every single one of us as we're determining where we go and what we want to do and, and what we want to study. So is college worth it? Well, the answer is truly in how you go about it. Like I said, if my college degree came with a much, much higher price tag, then it, it likely would not have been worth it. And so running a cost-benefit analysis and figuring out how you can lessen the cost while increasing the value, that is going to be a recipe that makes college worth it for a lot of folks that want to pursue a traditional higher education as, as their path. 
All right, buddy. I think that's going to do it for this episode. And we will have show notes up on our website at howtomoney.com. We've also got some other articles up there. So take a look. And here's the thing. If you want to support our show, we would love for you to leave us a review if you haven't already. When you leave a review and when you give us a rating over on Apple Podcasts, that helps to sort of spread the word of how to money and what we're doing over here. So taking 30 seconds to, to leave us a quick review, a solid rating, that helps us tremendously. And much thanks in advance. All right, buddy. Until next time, best friends best out. Best friends out. Upswell Marketing would like to remind you that when customers choose your small business, they're really choosing you. So focus on super serving your existing customers and let Upswell handle the pipeline generation of new leads and customers. Upswell specializes in developing customized direct response campaigns and is now offering a no obligation free assessment of your current marketing strategies. Not to mention new customers also receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. That's upswellmarketing.com. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. Join late night legend John Stewart and the best news team for today's biggest headlines, exclusive extended interviews, and more. Now this is a second term we can all get behind. Listen to The Daily Show, Ears Edition on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.